Welcome to another inspirational message from Northwest Church. We pray this message encourages and inspires you. If you would like any more information on what your next step may be, please visit our website at northwestchurch.com.au. So uh, today is our last session with the series we've been doing, Keep It Healthy, It Will Grow. It's about relationships, how to keep our relationships healthy so that they can grow. Uh, the, 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 the first, the first um, session I demonstrated from the scripture that God's attitude is summarized in love, faith, and hope. If you were here three weeks ago, you remember. And if not, you can go and listen to the podcast. It will really help you. In the second session, we saw that healthy attitude creates healthy atmosphere. If you bring a healthy attitude to your relationship, it creates a healthy atmosphere. Like now, I can sense a healthy atmosphere in this room because you and I have come with a healthy attitude. Healthy attitude at home brings healthy atmosphere. Healthy attitude in the office brings healthy atmosphere. So when you feel like the atmosphere is not right, don't check the AC, just take, check your attitude. Check the attitude. <laughs> Today I want us to take one more step further. That is, a healthy atmosphere creates healthy relationships. Healthy atmosphere creates healthy relationships. In summary, Healthy attitude creates healthy atmosphere. Healthy atmosphere creates healthy relationships. You start with an attitude which gives you an atmosphere, then gives you healthy relationship. In this last session, we are going to look at how to maintain healthy relationships. I will say, I'll give you a statement that I believe is true. And then we will move from there. The quality of your life depends on the quality of your relationships. If you've been all around for some time, you will agree with me that the quality of somebody's life depends on the quality of the person's relationships. Just think about it for a moment. The quality of your life depends on your relationships. And we are going to go through that tonight. What does that mean? So I'll give you three dimensions of relationships. Three dimensions of relationships we go through in life. Three dimensions to consider. Last week I gave you three dimensions of atmospheres. Today we are going to go through three dimensions of relationships. The first one, the first dimension is relationship with self. Your relationship with you. My relationship with me. It's very important because it affects all other relationships. My relationship with Mike. It's important. Very important. Psalm 139, 13 to 16. For you created my inmost being. You nicked me. Together in my mother's womb, I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. 
Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you. When I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depth of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Here is a statement from a person who had a good relationship with himself. This person is called David. Through all his troubles, David maintained a good relationship, a good understanding of who he was. Depending on your attitude, life challenges can create a veil or a cloud that prevents you from seeing yourself as you really are. Or life challenges can open your eyes to discover what you are made of. Life challenges opened David's eyes to see himself as he really was. David got a, David got a clear understanding of himself. I will give you three things to consider to maintain a good relationship with yourself. And the first one is self-knowledge. Self-knowledge. David described himself well. He said, I know you formed me from my mother's womb. I know you created me. Self-knowledge. Self-knowledge begins by acknowledging that you were created. It sounds normal, but it's very important. Maybe you are here, you don't believe that you were created. Maybe you believe you are a product of a big bang. That changes a lot. Yeah, it's, we can laugh, but I'm telling you, if you believe you are a result of an accident, it changes the way you look at yourself. If you think you are a result of a mistake between your parents because of what they've told you, you were a mistake, your mom didn't want you, your dad didn't want you, your grandparent didn't want you, and you see yourself here today thinking you are a mistake. Because the way you've been brought up, they told you you are a mistake. That changes a lot in your mind. If you think you are a mistake, you will never value yourself. You think you are here by accident. David knew he was not there by accident. He knew God created him and he was made with a plan, with a purpose. For a purpose, with a plan. Knowing that you were created by God for a purpose is the beginning of knowing yourself. Self-knowledge involves knowing your strengths and your weaknesses. Also, let me add that one. You know where you are created and then you know your strengths and weaknesses because we are human beings. I know that I don't like onions. At all. It doesn't matter how you cook it. It doesn't matter where you put it. In a salad or you freeze it or you onion is bad. I know myself. Even if my wife hides it in the food, I will say there is onion here. Even we go to a restaurant and by mistake they put it in my salad, I will say there is onion here. I know myself. I know what I like. I know what I don't like. 
It takes time to know yourself, though. At the beginning, you try to like what everybody else likes. You try to do what everybody else does. And you are trying to find yourself. I'm telling you, relationship with yourself involves getting to know you. Getting to know what you are made of. I've really seen people enjoying singing and people enjoying doing things. I'm not saying you shouldn't do it. But we are not just supposed to do the things we enjoy. We are supposed to do the things we instinctively do well. Oh, sorry. I, I don't think that is important. It is, it is very important to know how you are wired. You know, these days they will tell you, go and do the things you are passionate about. Be careful. Don't just do the things you are passionate about. Do the things you are instinctively wired to do well. We can be passionate about anything. I want to be a movie star. Someone told me I look like who again? Like Eddie Murphy. But I don't know. I don't feel myself to be a movie actor. I feel like I'm a preacher. I know my space. I know I'm a leader. I know what God has created me to do. Good, let's leave that. <laughs> the, sec- the second thing about yourself you know to need to do is the self-value. Self-value. Psalm 139, 14. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. This is what David is saying about himself. Can you imagine somebody saying, I know I'm wonderfully. If somebody says that here, we'll think they are proud. If I say I'm wonderfully and fearfully made, eh, Pastor Mike, what are you talking about? What do you think about yourself? Yeah, I know I'm wonderfully and fearfully made. I don't care what you think about me. I don't care what you think about yourself. I am wonderfully and fearfully made. And I have the right to say it. Self-value is very important. David knew his value. Knowing your value is more just than loving yourself or being comfortable in your skin. You know, we hear this language. Just be comfortable in your skin. Just love yourself. That's not even what I'm talking about. Even though you should be comfortable in your skin, you should, be, you should love yourself. Self-value means that you are worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy to be loved. You are worthy to be appreciated. You are worthy to be accepted. You are worthy to be here on earth. You are worthy to be in this room. You are worthy. And I want just to clarify something. Self-value is not an entitlement. Don't claim it from people. Don't claim people to, to value you. David knew his value came from God. He did not take his value from people or from what people said about him. You know why? If you take your value from people, you give them power to disvalue you. If you let people decide your value, you give them the right to to make you trash when they want. They will disvalue you when they want. Don't take your value from people. Take it from God. You are valuable because God says so. Not because your boss said it. Not because your fiancé said it. Not because your colleagues said it. You are valuable. And you don't lose your value because your ex says it. You don't. You are valuable. Despite what they think about you. You are valuable. David took his value from God. 
Psalm 8, 4 to 6. What is mankind that you are mindful of them? Human beings that you care for them. You have made them a little lower than angels and crowned them with glory and honor. You made them rulers over the works of your hands. You put everything under their feet. Just imagine somebody who is looking at himself like this. How he will be walking on the street. He sees himself and as everything is under their feet and not in a bad way. They know they are valued on earth. This, the last one in the relationship with yourself is self-forgiveness. Oh, yeah. Among the things we struggle with in life are the mistakes we regret we shouldn't have made. Maybe you hurt someone who really loved you and still, you still carry the pain and shame of your mistake. So knowing yourself better includes understanding that you are a human being. And human beings make mistakes. Human beings are fallible. The last time I checked, you are human. Like when I looked at you, I said, hey, look at this human. You are a human just like me. So forgiving yourself is an act of maturity. You become a good, a good human when you learn to forgive yourself. You mature as a human when you forgive yourself. Ephesians 4, 31 to 32. Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Maybe you're still bitter and angry with yourself. Maybe you were disappointed in yourself and you don't trust yourself anymore. Maybe you have lost faith in yourself to the point where you cannot take any risk in life anymore. I have a good news for you. God still believes in you. Even though you don't believe in yourself, God believes in you. Forgive yourself and stand again. Stand again. So the first dimension in relationships is the relationship with yourself. Your relationship with yourself affects all other relationships. Maintaining a good relationship with self requires self-knowledge, self-value, and self-forgiveness. Are we together? Second dimension of relationships is relationship with others. Remember, the quality of your life depends on the quality of your relationships. You will live well on earth if you have good quality relationships. I'm telling you, try it this week. Others means everybody else on earth, including your pet, your friend, your family members, strangers, even your enemies, others. The biggest threat to relationship with others is self. Self, not Satan. Self. You. James 4.1. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? Where? Where does it come from? Within us. Not from the enemy. Not from the world. Not from them. Not from others. <laughs> within you. Every relationship can thrive if only we will all learn to control self. 
Self is the guy, is the problem. Self is the bad guy, the villain. I'm not denying that some relationships can be abusive. I'm not denying that. Um, you may be saying, oh, you don't know what I've been through. The man, that girl, was just a monster. You don't know, Pastor Mike. My relationship, that she was just a monster. He was just a monster. He was crazy. Okay, what you are saying just affirms what I'm talking about. People become monsters in relationships when they let their self take over. So she was just a selfish person, or he was a selfish person. You, you agree with me? In fact, as I mentioned in our first session, if we all act in the favor of the other, every relationship would grow. Abusive partners act selfishly. Unforgiving partners act selfishly. Cheating partners act selfishly. Every marriage can stand if all partners... Acts in the favor of the other. I is at the center of every sin. Look at this slide. Sin. You see I in the middle. Every sin you commit is because of self. You lie to protect self. You lie for the benefit of self. You cheat for the benefit of self. Everything you watch on TV is for the benefit of self. On your iPad, on your phone, for the benefits of self. Those things, you know what I'm talking about. Sin is all based on I. Who is I? Me. Self. So if we learn to control I, we will have better relationships. At the office, in church, everywhere. I is the problem. Someone asked me, Pastor Mike, what do you think is the threat to marriages? I said, simple, I. I is the threat to every marriage. If you come into a marriage with I at the center, you have destroyed it before you start. The, the day you learn to manage I, you have, you have a successful relationship. Why do we buy pets? Why do we get married? Why do we have friends? We buy pets to make us feel good. Good company. <laughs> good company. But if we get married for the same reason we buy pets, something is wrong. Something is wrong. How about getting married to help your spouse fulfill the calling of God upon their lives? Did you get that? I get married so that I can check in her life, my Miss Universe, what has God called her to do? How can I contribute to that? How can I help her fulfill the purpose of God in her life? And every day, she becomes my ministry. Praying for her. Trying to find what I can do to make her the best God has called her to be. It's not for me. It's for her. Marriage is about making the other person better. And if you miss that, they're just pets in the house to make us feel good. When they fell, we kick them out. We buy another one. Okay, let's come back to the text. How about having friends to help them become more like Christ? Not to make us feel good and buy us dinner, but to help them become more like Christ. What about keeping friends to help them become more successful in life? To contribute in helping them. The challenge we face is that sometimes, sometimes we may have good intentions, but the other part does not. 
So I understand. Someone is saying, oh, you don't know my story. Okay, I, I know your story. Now, how to deal with a selfish spouse? A selfish parent, a selfish child, or a selfish friend? How do we manage that? The other part is selfish. You're trying to do everything on your side, but they keep just taking from you, taking from you. How do you manage that? I have the answer in three words. Love, love, and love. Sound challenging, isn't it? Love speaks the truth. But also love listens. Love is patient. But also love disciplines. Love is kind, but it is also just. I think adults understand what I'm talking about. If you will walk away out of relationship, don't walk because of a revenge. Walk out of love. It's possible. Everything you will say, everything you will do, do it out of love. You'll be the winner. If you do it out of a revenge, you're the loser. As long as your decisions are motivated by love and not revenge, you are on the right path. So I'm not saying you should stay in a relationship, even if it's abusive. I'm not saying you should leave a relationship, even if it's abusive. I'm just saying, what is love saying? In that particular situation, do it out of love. It is simple. What does love require in that situation? Sometimes love requires that you walk away. But do it out of love. Everything you say after that should be out of love. Don't trash the person out there because of your anger and revenge. Don't try to block them from every other relationship in life. Everybody you see, you know what they've done to me? Don't even try. No, you don't know. Maybe God has met them. Maybe they've changed. Out of love. I know it hurts. But let's do it. The third dimension of relationships is relationship with God. Relationship with self. Relationship with others. And relationship with God. If you work, work on these relationships, you have a beautiful life. In French, we have a saying, il est facile d'aimer que d'être aimé, which means it is easier to love than to be loved. I think you will agree with me. It is easier to find someone you like, to find someone you would love to be with, than to be found by someone you really want. You can see people you like, but they are not interested in you. And those you don't like keep coming. Sorry. <laughs> <That's laughs> In fact, that's how our relationship with God is. God has done everything trying to build a relationship with us. He came down on earth to prove how much he loves you and I. That's what he did. He sent you messengers. We call them prophets. To tell you how much he loves you. What do we do when we love someone? We try to send their friends to give hints. We send, their pe we send people around to give some hints that we are interested. God has done that with you. He sends people to tell you he loves you. 
What else he did? He wrote you a long love letter called the Bible. Designed to describe his love for you. He's done everything you do to someone you love or for someone you love to express your love. God has written. If, I, I, I believe if those days there were some Facebook, God could have, like, like everybody of us on Facebook and Twitter, he could just send messages on internet, in emails to let everybody know how much he loves us. God has done all that. But what do we do? With his love. How do we respond to his love? Maybe your response to his love so far is telling him that I don't even think you exist. God has done everything to show you he loves you and you are telling him in response, I don't even think you exist. Just imagine that relationship. Maybe you don't even open his letter, the Bible, to check for yourself what he's got to say to you. Maybe you don't even read the Bible to know what God says about you. And everything in the Bible is for you. But you don't even listen to it. You don't read it. It's a love letter to you and to me. Or maybe you are here because you want to show him how much you love him. Good, well done. I'm glad you are here to show God that in return you love him. The good news about our relationship with God is that he initiated it. He loved you first. First John 4.19. We love because he loved us first. He first loved us. The beauty of our relationship with God is that it is built on his love, not on our love. He loved us first. Being in a relationship with God is being in a relationship with someone you know. He has loved you already. You have worn their heart already. Being in a relationship with God is being in a relationship with someone you know. He loves you more than you do. You know those relationships. I always tell my wife I love her more than she does. And she will know I love you more. I love you more. And we'll go for hours just arguing about who loves another more. In our relationship with God, there's no argument. He loves us more because we can never outlove God. Never. If you feel like you are giving too much to people, you can never outgive God. Whatever He's given you is for free. You can never outlove Him. If you feel like you've been exploited before, used before, that's not the case with God. You have used him and abused him. He still loves you. Romans 5, 8. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Our relationship with God is the only relationship where love is unconditional. You are loved despite your rebellion. You are loved despite of your sins. You are loved despite of your weaknesses. In God's eyes, you are loved. God is not asking you to earn his love. God is not asking you to buy or to purchase his love. God is not asking you to perform well so that he can consider loving you or not. You know, we, we, we try to perform well when we visit our in-laws so that they can consider accepting us. God is not asking you to perform 
so that you can be accepted. He loves you. God loves you already. God has always loved you. God will always love you. The only thing God expects from you is to say, yes. Yes, Lord, I accept your love. Yes, Lord, I accept your sacrifice on the cross. Yes, Lord, I accept your forgiveness. You know, even some believers in the church struggle to understand that God loves them no matter what. Even some Christians struggle to believe that God loves them. So maintaining a good relationship with God implies accepting his love always and everywhere. Do everything in response to his love, not to earn his love. Let me be clear with Christians. Don't come to church to earn God's love. He loves you already. Come here in response to his love. Don't listen to people who tell you you should do this and you should do that and you should do this because to earn God's love. No, that's, that's low. I gave my tithe to the church because it's my response to God's love. Not because it's a law. I respond to his love. I come to church because I respond to his love. I can't afford to stay home while I know the service is going on and I know God loves me that much and just stay home. I go to worship him. I love him so much that I can't stay home. I know he loves me. I, can't, I can never outlove him. Everything you do, don't think it's it. God doesn't want, expect you to act to earn his love. He wants you to act so that you respond in response to his love for you. So let me close this. The main tool in your hand to build healthy relationships is your attitude. Healthy attitude implies looking at people through the lens of love, faith, and hope. Attitude creates atmosphere. Physical atmosphere, psychological atmosphere, and spiritual atmosphere affect our relationships. Healthy atmosphere creates healthy relationships. Healthy relationships imply relationship with self, relationship with others, and relationship with God. Three things you need to consider to keep a good relationship with yourself. Self-knowledge, self-value, and self-forgiveness. The biggest threat to relationship with others is self. You can never outlove God. Just imagine being in a relationship with someone who is already in love with you. You don't need to earn his love. Just imagine being in a relationship with someone who loved you even when you were rebellious and acting against him. Just imagine being in a relationship with someone who will never break up with you or divorce you. That's God. Just imagine being in love with Jesus. Let's bow our head. Hey again, thanks so much for joining us on this podcast. Whether you are new and exploring faith or a follower of Jesus, there is a next step for you. There is always room to grow, more to be done, destiny to be pursued, and people to be reached. So what's your next step? To find out, head over to northwestchurch.com.au. And thanks again for listening.